so good. Everything is so mm. good. We'll just figure out that opening bit. Live! I was sipping a ginger ale. Hell, I know. Okay, hello. This is Dare Straight to Loop, everyone. We're Magic the Gathering mm. podcast. We're every day. Every day. <laughs> where we do everything from uh deck text discussions and set dice sections today we're doing a little bit of a discussion but mostly deck text um mm-hmm. because there is a mm-hmm. tiny bit of discussion to be had about gosh dang man some commanders make people really upset ain't that yes. right drew very much so hello i am drew i have never been upset by a commander but i have been upset at the state of our world today am i right folks more like yes. upset at our commander in chief. All of them, any. Throw it, throw a dart at a dartboard, and put a president's face on it, and you can be mad at whichever one it hits in the head. And get on a really cool <laughs> list. And get on a really cool list, guys. Um, Josh, you've been mad at specific commanders. I'm mad just thinking about it. <laughs> like I think I'm gonna have a hard okay. time talking about it. <laughs> Josh is mad so just mad. thinking about commanders. God, commanders? I'm happy that you're at least uh. saying that pretending uh well the reason that i bring this up is that there is a a thing on edh racket it's called the the salt score it's a thing that monitors all of the commanders that make people salty that isn't to say that like every single person gets mad at these commanders but the play patterns that these commanders typically have tend to Mm -hmm. make people get a little upset all with the exception of uh one of these on the list (laughs) which we'll get into later uh, but first, mm. we're going to do a little thing. It's called Assume It's a Cycle. I got to find that. I got to find that land. Got to find that land that Drew was talking about. I forgot to look. It's in <laughs> our, it uh, it's in our spoiler. Talking about yeah. Bugbear? Bug ah, bear there town? we go. We found it. Bugbear Town. It's Den of the Bugbear. Uh, there was a potential big boy spoiler um, with a land that looks like the front of a Dungeons and Dragons book in its art and everything else. Well, not everything else. It is a magic card. Um, <laughs> it is Den of the Bugbear. Uh, here's what it does. Land. If you control two or more other lands, Den of the Bugbear enters the battlefield tapped. So if you play it early, it's good. Taps for one red, and you can pay three and a red, and until end of turn, Den of the Bugbear becomes a 3-2 red goblin creature with whenever this creature attacks, create a 1-1 one, one red goblin creature token that's tapped and attacking. It's still a land. Ooh. That's a lot to say in a quick yep. in, in a quick thing. Yes. All right, so I guess my question is, that is the red one of these lands. Mm-hmm. Let's mm-hmm. go ahead and assume that there's going to be a blue one, a green one, a white one, and a black one. I would mm-hmm. love it if you would sit down, dog. Anyway, mm. um, so what are we thinking? I am not the biggest uh, Dungeons & Dragons uh, person in the whole world. Um, yeah. <laughs> I know claim. That's nothing. a bold claim, Daniel. I guess oh. here's here's a question I have just real quick. Is that why mm. does the den of the bugbear is a bugbear a type of goblin? Uh yes. Just a big goblin, I guess. Why are they called bugbears? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Why are they called bugbears? I, I mean to specify what type of goblin it is. But because they are neither bugs any, nor bears. Uh, yeah, why is any type but of that's, goblin that's a bugbear? It's confusing because there's an owlbear that is specifically the two things that it's listed as. It is an owl and a bear, but a bugbear is one goblin. 
Yeah, the uh, well, the bugbear is also like uh, a bugbear is a like a folklore creature that D and D has kind of co opted. So they okay. didn't, you is know, it... they didn't make it up whole cloth. They just kind of took it from folklore and put it in the game. Okay, Why? I guess that my oh. thing was I wasn't expecting it to be a goblin. So we know yeah. that because I was expecting it to be its own creature type, if I'm honest. But a three-two red goblin is a bugbear. Okay, what do we think the mm-hmm. green one is going to be? What is the green? Ooh, these oh, these are they I, all going to be have, dins? Uh, you think? We'll just say it's the well, din cycle. I have I have a guess that I think like I think the halflings are generally going to be green. I think they're going to be like in their little gardens and stuff. I'm literally just explicitly going with uh, hobbits because I don't know D&D, but I know hobbits. Um, so I think they'll be green. <laughs> I think that I mm-hmm. think that assuming this is a cycle, it'll work essentially the same. So if you control two or more lands, uh, it would intertapped and uh, it'd be yeah, like it's going to be all of them. House House of the Halfling. Uh and it would probably become, I couldn't imagine it being more than a 1-1 one, because one, they're little dudes. Maybe a 1-2. Mm-hmm. And what would it be whenever mm-hmm. this the halfling attacks? Uh, you make a food. You make a food. When it, you, you turn into a dude, make a food. Oh, oh so okay. you're sticking with the attack thing as well. Okay. I am. Maybe oh, I shouldn't. See, I, but okay. I did. I'll... I'll, I'll I'll posit a different one for green because also very prevalent in D and D are just elves, and I don't think uh, that mm-hmm. wizards would stop doing elves just because they do elves all the time. That wouldn't that mm-hmm. doesn't stop them yet, and it won't stop them here. So mm-hmm. I'm thinking I'm thinking we actually have forest of the elves, um, lands oh, same deal. If you if you <laughs> control two or more other lands, it enters untapped, taps for a green, and then for four <clears throat> until end of turn, all elves you control tap for two green, and it also becomes <clears throat> an elf. So it basically does a like repeatable, just big elf ramp that you can repeat. I like that idea. And so, yeah, it, ma- it makes them a double land of war. They can put uh-huh. that in literally any set. And the thing is, halflings haven't existed in magic as halflings because we know that that is a creature type that they're adding. Mm-hmm. And the only one that has been spoiled so far has been green. So I think, like, I'm. I'd lean a little bit more towards Josh's because I think that's that fair. any commander precon they can throw a card that's good for an elf that makes elves tap for more on the land. But mm. I have no idea what it would do. Let me think. Um, surely Merfolk are things, but I don't know. Are they interesting enough in D anD? d What's like a what's like their blue oh, thing? Would know. it be a Drake? Are those popular at, enough at this at this level? Because I mean, like the land is rare, but it seems like it's a you know, pretty like early, early campaign monster that they're dealing with here. Um, mm-hmm. There are, I don't think that they're necessarily called merfolk, but there ever, there definitely are like aquatic races within D and D that are, that are basically merfolk, if not exactly merfolk. Hmm. What is, hmm. what would be like the first in a D and D campaign? What would be like the first sea based creature you would fight? Because normally in D&D campaigns, like one of the first things that they typically send you to fight is a goblin. So mm-hmm. I'm trying to think of like, right. what would be the equivalent of blue? Is are there, there like, like a mean fish? Sand there are, there are just D&D merfolk straight up. There are. Okay. okay. So yeah, like they are just, hmm. and, they, and those are also in Forgotten Realms, which is where, which is the specific setting of this uh, D&D set oh. also. Mm-hmm. Okay. So yeah, I mean, so do we think then that it is? I guess then if we're if we're leading with what Josh has set up so far, I'm gonna say then we have like um what is, I'm gonna say Cove of the Merfolk is the blue one. Yeah, um, and I'm gonna say it becomes a 
a two two looter. Mm -hmm. When it deals combat damage to okay. a player, oh. you draw and discard. Hey, that's what I'm that's thinking. Pretty nice. Yeah, pretty yeah. Nice. yeah I, I putting can... that ability on a land, I think that's pretty strong enough. Nothing crazy, mm -hmm. but I, I think mm -hmm. that that's maybe make it two in a blue. Yeah, yeah. Make it three mana to do repeatedly on the animate land. I can yeah, see that. I can see that. Yeah. Um, um, all right, so then the uh, I'd want to do the black one. I think the black one might just be zombies. Like, I don't know if they're gonna get too crazy. I guess it might be a specific <laughs> subtype of zombie that's a bit more, I don't know, iconic. To the, I think it'll still have the zombie type though, no matter what it's called. Um, I'm thinking it's gonna be the lich layer, and okay. it's going to be it's gonna be four and three black to activate and. <laughs> It has <laughs> Annihilator 4. <laughs> well, I don't think that that's the case. <laughs> no, but I, I don't do think, think seems I think you know, I think more likely though cuz I, I kind of like I kind of like layer of the lich and mm -hmm. I would say maybe it'll be 4 and 2 black tap return a creature card from your graveyard to the battlefield tapped and attacking. Or maybe oh, return it to the battlefield and it has to attack this turn and then sacrifice it back at the end step. Okay. So it's you That's reanimate it te temporarily hmm. and then you can put it back. Yeah. I do like well, that. Because it would cost seven mana in total because it's a land. Yeah, because it's a land. Yeah. So like it's, it, it's a repeatable, permanent-based way to do reanimation. Mm. But yeah, it's over-costed because of it being on a land. It might be a little I, cheaper yeah. because it's at rare. I could see that. I could see it being a little cheaper. I think um, I would yeah, expect them. I, I would. I think I would expect it to be one of those where you exile the creature once you do it. If it's so, if if it's a repeatable oh, and it's yeah, on a yeah. land, that's what I would expect. When you sacrifice it and it goes mm. back to the graveyard, that's a. It's a little too abusable. Yeah, I can see. That, yeah, it's like if it would go to the graveyard for any reason or at end of turn, you exile it. That way, you did reanimate it temporarily and then it goes away. Yeah, because the way I described, it, I think is a bit yeah. more red. So yeah, like that would that would make mm -hmm. it I think a bit more black for that as well. Yeah. All now right. what, what do I have no idea. Do? That's what I was um, It'll ask. be what eighteen white do? mana. It'll turn into a one-one cleric, and whenever <laughs> it attacks or deals combat damage or um, an opponent loses the game, you gain one life. I'm hoping that we <sighs> at least get more paladin flavor. A lot of sets will, will, will be skew, better. Will skew towards clerics, <laughs> like, and we just had that in Zendikar was one of the four of the party. So getting mm -hmm. a paladin as like the main. Like, you know, there's still clerics, like a cleric mm -hmm. warrior or whatever. But paladin in name, I think, would be like a, I think, a cool thing. I think the white one would be Temple of the Paladin. And its special thing is it would just be one and a white to activate. Turn the, uh, uh, until end of turn, Temple of the Paladin becomes a 2-3 human knight creature. Um, mm -hmm. And it taps an opponent's creature. For as long as this, for as long as it is a creature, and it doesn't have to, at the have to be huh. like the end of turn, like it has like a thing where it can stay a creature. So like it's, I think maybe maybe like hmm. two and a white and tap. As long as it remains tapped, you may you know tap down a creature, and as soon as you untap it, the creature can untap. And so I it's like kind that. of like a a it's like a hero of a town holding down like one monstrous foe okay. and the white one special thing is mm. that it can stay a creature turn over turn but you don't get to untap it yeah, i was thinking either that or like a really cheap activation and it can just become like a two four lifelink defender yeah which is just like to oh, have on yeah. the back end like hero of the town land. kind of things yeah that's kind of the other direction i was thinking when was like the last that. time we had an effect of you may choose not to untap this i feel like that's like been a, a long time i feel like it's been a hot minute, minute. 
Yeah, yeah it's been a while. But um, I feel like I'm forgetting like some random uncommon in one of the last six sets that probably does it, <laughs> and it doesn't even matter. Um, uh, Josh, did you have anything for the white one? Uh, that was the main one. Being again, someone who doesn't know D and D, I I have I truly have no concept beyond humans what white would be. I don't know. I like paladin. I that makes sense to me. An ignoramus. Yeah, in in D and D, like uh, religion and that kind of stuff. Theros be... Beyond Death was the last one. It was Entrancing Liar. Three mana. You may choose not to untap. I thought so. I thought so. X tap tap target creature. Yeah, and so I think I think it's that on a land that can be animated. And I was it's just, just going to sure turn it into a human. It. It's just going to be well, a all of human that land. will definitely be the case, and I'm very excited for it. But now <laughs> to get into our episode proper, yes. we are of course the the theme of this episode is we're building around commanders that were on the salt list, most of us, and <laughs> we are and we are attempting. And this is just a fun deck building exercise for anybody mm-hmm. out there. It's just like how do you build? these commanders in a way that might be fresh like sure maybe the Hmm. first game people will focus you and be like hey Hmm. you're you're playing that guy you're the bad one but then like they see what you do in the first game and they're like you know what you're cool you can hang out here like we're Mm -hmm. not gonna we're not gonna be mad every time and go which is you know it's you know whatever it's it's fine if that happens but right but if you like it but i'm saying that not everything has to be built in such a hated way i guess yeah and so specifically we call the episode salt to taste because the idea is that you we're taking these salty commanders and we are we are not just intentionally building them with like an unrelated arbitrary 99 the decks Mm -hmm. are still built around what these commanders do um we're not intentionally running just like bad cards in place of what the deck optimized would do but the idea is that take a commander that is known for inducing some salt at a table still build that commander but in a way that's not going to um have your friends not invite you over anymore kind of in general right. yeah yeah i like that i like that yeah. i think that that's a, With, a without further ado i guess mm-hmm. we can go ahead and get into it um i think we we rolled pre-show by which i mean we talked about it like adults we had an actual we conversation that's true yeah we had a rule zero for the podcast conversation and we decided, Josh, Josh, you would be going first. Who is yeah. your commander and what do they do? So, yeah, so I, I tried to stick close to um, what we're doing and not get too weird with it because I knew that these um, zany son of a guns over here would get weird. Mine's not too weird. It's just on the thing. Um, <laughs> the commander that I chose after looking through lists of the saltiest boys, uh, I went with Zur the Enchanter. What he is, is for a colorless, a white, a blue, and a black. You get a 1-4 human wizard with flying. And whenever he attacks, you may search your library for an enchantment card with mana value 3 or less and put it onto the battlefield. Now, now the uh, reason... for the audience at home, in case yep. you're not very familiar with the salt score, uh, salt score goes from 0 to 4, and I think 4 is the highest for a point of comparison with something that's an extreme case. Just so there's some context for what we're talking about here. The mm-hmm. highest one currently, as of the survey from last year, is Stasis, a card that uh, removes <laughs> untapped phases from all players. Its mm-hmm. salt score is 3.15 out of 4. Zer the Enchanter does have a salt score as of time of recording of 1.71, putting them below oh, Confusion in the ranks, but above Golos Tireless Pilgrim. 
Well, see, really? the thing there, Zur is above Golos. Te- oh, technically, oh, they're uh, technically they're tied, but I think there's like some math behind the scenes that we don't know about. But yeah, they gotcha. technically have the same salt score, but in the order here. Well, see, the thing is, Zur the Enchanter, like it, upon like attacking, it. could go search out and put into play Stasis, and he sometimes might. <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, like he legitimately might like because the thing is i mean um a a common line like a very very common line for for a a salt inducing zer deck is uh on his first attack Mm -hmm. you'd probably get something like diplomatic immunity that's an aura um that gives the creature shroud and it itself has shroud uh so then it can't be touched you Mm -hmm. might alternatively or in addition to that on your next attack get vanishing which is an aura that lets you pay a blue and a blue to make the creature phase out. So he's protected from board wipes or pretty much any other kind of shenanigans. And so then okay. at that point, he can't be stopped. Uh, and then you know what? How about on your next, uh, your next turn, you go give him vigilance with any of the various three or less auras that give him vigilance. Then you go get stasis the next time. And then you just <laughs> have an untouchable unstoppable that's what he's capable of is what i'm saying that is why he can induce that sounds saltiness. horrible uh yeah mm-hmm. he can get a lot of stinky boys and then just you know I really in the like course it. of that i think my if, favorite thing mm-hmm. is that because because you'll have some people being like well now hold on he's got shroud and that has shroud so how do you put that enchantment on him and it's right because like, when i put it onto the battlefield it doesn't target and so i also yeah. get to teach you this confusing rule and then kill you with mm-hmm. it yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, if you do not cast an aura, if you just put it into play, it doesn't target. You choose what it enchants mm-hmm. as it enters, and it doesn't target. That's a weird thing, but that is a thing that Xur specifically abuses. You can you can yep. O-ring or equivalent someone else's thing with Hexproof or Shroud. That doesn't matter. It will not protect them from Xur, the stinky boy. Now, mm-hmm. all of that being a- said... Yeah, like that that's the typical Zer build. That is why like I think anyone hearing that is either going to be in the camp of that sounds rad as hell or yeah. man that sounds miserable. So Josh, like what did what did what direction did you go real in? Real quick. Sorry. Yes. Real quick just yeah. so we don't get in trouble. O-ring is not an aura. If you put O-ring on the battlefield it targets when it enters the battlefield. That one doesn't work. But uh, well, 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 an well, aura uh, that <laughs> exiles the creature it enchants. <laughs> that would do the thing that you're saying. Like right. grasp of fate, a thing that enters and then I uh, know it also works like a ring. Well, like um, pacifism. You could just it. put a basic pacifism on on their thing. On a hexproof. Oh yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Or darksteel yeah. mutation, whatever. Or darksteel mutation. Imprison the moon. Imprison the moon. Imprison the moon. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Any of that stuff. So what I instead of all that did was <laughs> I. Went in a direction that I've enjoyed for a very long time that I think is very nice and pleasant, and people are welcome to disagree, but I still like it. I went with running, uh, within the colors, the vows that I could run, the impetuses I could run, and <laughs> the um, the ordeals that I could run. Um, now, the main thing with... Uh, the vows, because those were the first ones that came out of this group of things, is it it buffs the creature that it's on. It, each one gives plus two, plus two, plus uh, color appropriate ability, and it makes it to where they can't attack you or a planeswalker you control. Now, that is similar to pacifism, but in a multiplayer game, wh- who's not playing multiplayer commander, um, you're still... <laughs> 
it, they can still attack. They can absolutely positively attack. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if I use, um, what's that one card? Uh, Dulcet Sirens, then it's going to attack. Um, they just can't attack me. But mm-hmm. they're going to be attacking even better while they hit my opponents and not me. It progresses the board state. It makes the game happen. There's plenty of politics you can do with this sort of thing. And it's not just locking things down so there's the only thing that can attack. Um, I've loved I like the it. So you win, you win a direction that I like to call... Well, I don't like to call it, but I have before. But, mm-hmm. you, went the, you went the direction of like how Omen Machine is a stacks card, but it is a stacks card that makes the game happen. So yeah. P- players are not not playing the game. Like you're not stasis right. locking them out of doing what mm-hmm. they want. They're going to have creatures. Those creatures, mm-hmm. they're going to swing. They're going to mm-hmm. attack. Mm-hmm. It's just none of it's necessarily of their own accord, but you're not stealing anything. You can't no, be no, that no, 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 mad. No. It's just like, well, I am still hitting somebody with like a nine, nine flying vigilant. Like exactly. I, yeah. Like, it... <laughs> I can't be that upset. Yeah. Can it I? ends up being essentially uh, it's aura Voltron, but on other people's creatures. <laughs> like, yeah, it's, it's a political, it is a politics based Voltron deck, which is very interesting. Yes, yes. It's just like I said, it's you're you're progressing the board state. You can't mm-hmm. deny it. Um I do of course have uh dictative crucifix in there uh for some group hug. Just everybody gets to draw extra cards. Um and Very similar nice. similar to the vows and all that. One of my favorite cards that I still don't run in a deck currently, uh but Duelist's Heritage, which is just mm-hmm. whenever one or more creatures attacks, I can have target attacking creature gain double strike on anyone's turn. So just as soon as it's out, if any of my opponents attack someone who hopefully isn't me, I can give a double strike. And that's really nice. (laughs) And then they're attacking with the big old guy that I Voltroned upon that can't attack me, but can certainly attack anyone. And they just other than me, it's double strike too. It's beautiful. You love to see it. And I also love these um, these ordeals that you've got here where mm-hmm. the ordeal like because you control the enchantment. And so like right. as an example one here, we've got ordeal of Thassa, one in a blue aura. When it mm-hmm. attacks, you put a even a one counter on the creature. And then if it has three or more one counters on it, you sack ordeal of Thassa to draw mm-hmm. two cards. And obviously and the fun thing there is obviously you controlling the ordeal. You yeah. then get that effect. I do get the cards, but in the course of them, I mean, they're they're attacking. Uh, they probably have to because it's probably mm-hmm. goaded with one of the impetuses. Uh, but it's going to yep. get bigger and bigger every time, and they're smacking. They're smacking our mutual opponents. And, mm-hmm. I mean, when you're smacking the same person, that's friendship. <laughs> I, I really like... Now, these are cheeky. These are cheeky mm-hmm. here. I like these quite a bit. Your spirit link and your vampiric link. So oh, yeah. they act as a as a pseudo exquisite blood because you are in no way dealing the damage to your opponents. Your opponents are hitting your opponents, but these don't <laughs> give the creature lifelink. They just say when right. the creature deals damage, you gain that much life. And yeah. You just throw these on the big guy, hit somebody who's probably losing. Um, <laughs> and then you're just like, hey, I gained 14. Very cool. Yeah. I did I mean, it. I'm a it, good job. <laughs> right. And, you know, early on, or if for some reason people have gotten rid of the vows or the impetuses, it's like, well, hey, man, you you can still hit me and you can probably kill me, maybe. But if you don't, 
I'm just going to get that life back and it doesn't matter. But you are playing the game and we're all playing the game and we're mm-hmm. all having fun. I like it. And I, I like the sneaky, you got the fumble. Anytime that someone can run <laughs> fumble. Oh, I deck, do. Love fumble mm-hmm. is a, it's one in a blue instant. Um, I think, I think that if you have a Voltron meta and you're not running this, you really ought to be. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a two mana instant. Return target creature to its owner's hand and gain control of all auras and equipment that were attached to it, then attach them to another creature. So even in your own mm-hmm. Voltron mm-hmm. deck, uh, if somebody's trying to like blank out the attacker that you got all squatted up, use it as a defensive tool. Just like, nah, I'm going to protect this creature and all of the auras I had on it. Just move them over here. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> or if somebody else is coming at you with like all of the different super expensive swords that don't have protection from blue, and you're mm-hmm. just like, hey, I'd like those. Then you can just get that thing. You can just go get them. Yeah. I like it. And I mean, it that does also provide, because I mean, the thing is, I mean, like if I was just plopping pacifisms and doing the stasis stuff, it's just everyone's going to have to wait until zer kill someone i mean that's that's the salty line but um between mm-hmm. fumble and also uh where's the flip boy uh a flip boy from uh kamigawa block uh kitsune yes. mystic to that flips into autumn tail kitsune sage um to make him flip you have to have uh two auras on him at the beginning of your instep and then once he's flipped you can pay one colorless mana to attach target aura attached to a creature to uh that is attached to a creature to another creature and so between that and fumble I, i've got finisher options if 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 it comes I was down say, to it's, you've got that you've got fumble and then you also have and then you also have bruna light of alabaster who um is a pretty oh, well-known right. card but uh six mana five five flying vigilance whenever they attack or block you can attach to it any number of auras on the battlefield and then you also can reanimate auras from your graveyard onto Bruna. And that's the thing, because right. like Zer, like you're getting these vows as kind of control pieces, right? But then like mm. the question for me, like when I look at the deck, I go like, well, what if my opponents don't have any creatures? Well, then you just suit up Zer and you Voltron beat, <laughs> and that's just it. Like right. and right. so the deck actually does have like it, it has this political game for like early mid-game if you're playing a lot of decks that are more aggressive than you to try to you know mm-hmm. steer some of that away from just killing you but it's still also like it, it's a, it's like an accelerationist zer it's a zer that instead of mm-hmm. gumming up the game instead of staxing out the table it actually is trying to like quickly help everyone hit everyone else harder and then it itself can also close out the game pretty quick well, and, and i was yeah. gonna say that's that's really it's really <clears throat> interesting deck building because you can bring this to any meta you you're at a spell slinger <laughs> meta it's just like, okay, well, I guess I'm just, no one's going to be playing creatures. Mm-hmm, I guess mm-hmm. I have all the creatures. Here's all of these things, and I'm just going <laughs> to pile them on my Zer, and I'm going to try mm-hmm. to get y'all with Zer. Here's a couple other pieces you can rely on, because you do have a couple of payoffs. Uh, you have a couple of Constellation cards in here that, oh, yeah. that do some yeah. things whenever you have uh, your Constellation go off. What are these all about? Oh, <laughs> one that I do like is a uh, Protean Thaumaturge. Uh, which is a two drop one one. Whenever an enchantment enters the battlefield under your control, you can have him become a copy of another another target creature, mm-hmm. except he has this ability. And so I mean, I'm gonna be throwing things around all the time. Um, and so he can always be whatever is the best and the funnest thing to have around. Um, yep. Yeah. Uh, what, 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 what else do I got? I don't remember what I have. I uh, I did build this deck a long time ago. <laughs> 
Oh, and I was I was actually gonna get into that question once once we got there. Yeah. Um, but I was gonna say because we did we did build a uh, spoiler alert. We built these decks a while ago, mm-hmm. um, and I think maybe three or four sets have come out since then. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, let me look here. Yeah, they're very well okay, made. We at least some good additions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, these at least were made when uh, Theros Beyond Death came out because that is where Protean Thaumaturge comes from. So I think right. that there were four or five sets still. Uh, <laughs> it, yeah. was, it was a little bit. So I guess my, my question is, what are some of the new cards that have come out that you could see slotting into this deck to maybe give it that little extra oomph? Because mm-hmm. a thing that I'm noticing is what do you do? Like you have Bruna. Okay. But like, mm-hmm. what happens if somebody just does a flat board wipe? I, I don't see a lot of control here. What's your bounce back? How are you getting back in there? <laughs> well, to be fair, um, in most decks that I build, uh, I don't really have <laughs> no, a that comeback is true. from this is a thing of Josh in <laughs> a board wipe. I, yeah, I don't really run much responses. I generally run a thing on a theme, and I want to do the thing I do. And if I get stopped, uh, you've done it. <laughs> Um, but I mean, I, okay. I am, of course, <laughs> I am, of course, though, running, running a, a standard thing in aura decks like this, uh, retether, which is a four drop white sorcery. Oh yeah. Retether. Return each aura from your graveyard to the battlefield. Um, only creatures can be enchanted this way, but yeah, I mean, if, if they wipe me out, I can eventually get Zer back out from the command zone. I can use mm-hmm. retether to, to make him big boy if I need to. And then there's okay. also Hannah Ships Navigator, one uh, oh, one right. white and a blue for a one two creature who has an ability one white and a blue tap return an enchantment uh, artifact or enchantment from your graveyard to your hand. So like there's definitely right, some kind right, of right. Um, enchantment recursion yeah. if you really need it. There is a bit. Oh yeah, and I think right. I do well, also I have so. um, Starfield of Nyx, which is an, another one that lets you get back an aura or an enchantment card from your graveyard at the beginning of your really? turn. Where is that? Oh, it's just it's an mm-hmm. and then it also it? animates. Oh, them. very good. Okay, no, yeah. that's one of the best ones. Yep. Yeah, you, yeah, yeah. You can't cheat it out with Zer, but but it's good. All right. Oh. So what what from the last couple sets? Is there anything you can think of that would be like a good a good thing to just slot in here? You think is is there any like some of the new well, hotness? Anything from Modern Horizons hotness. two? You think could just slot right in? Uh, let me see. There was some good. Um, there were a couple of really good pieces they added, but they have green. Um for an enchantment deck oh yeah that's true the sith for modern stuff horizons like that. yeah yeah so that wouldn't slot in there um one that oh, one yeah, that i know I guess that I'm is good i'm sitting here looking and i'm like hey where's all your enchantress abilities and then i remember because <laughs> they're green i think in mono yeah. white there's one there's mesa enchantress um, and that's it there is mesa enchant- enchantress and i don't currently have in there but that's that mm-hmm. would be potentially a good addition one card that i don't think it's necessarily super efficient but i do like is um sly instigator which for four, you get a two four uh, with one blue tap him until end of turn target creature and opponent controls can't be blocked and you goad that creature, which is another way to force. Like, I mean, if I Voltron big boy onto somebody's boy, if they're, you want to measure, you know, yeah, if they have performance anxiety, uh, we can help that (laughs) and make it unblocked at the same time. Make it unblockable, and it has to attack. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful. It's a beautiful thing. It's like I said. It's on a four drop, and then a tap ability. So it's not. It's not fast. It's not uh, super efficient. But I love that ability. 
I like it. I, well, I can tell you, it, especially because you're not running like Mesa Enchantress and Waste <laughs> Bounce Back, I think that actually just helps reduce this salt score. I really like this deck. I well, see, I like, do I'm too. Yeah. At it, I yeah. really like what's going on here. I I do too. The thing is, I have since building this. Um, it's not related to salt at all. I've built a deck, uh, which I call Val Kilmer, the Returned King, running uh, Kinrith, the Returned King, as the commander, so that I can run uh, all the vows and impetuses mm-hmm. of all five colors. So I have a very similar deck, but it it is five color. But it's the same. Well, I might have some good news for you. Give me a second here. Oh, gosh. I'm very interested as to what that could be. What would it be? Are people very salty about Kenrith? Uh, I think he might be doing what I'm doing because I was looking to see if uh, Kenrith mm-hmm. is also on here, but I don't see him. Oh no, Kenrith has. Oh man, I always hear people come. Wow, do people okay. complain about Kenrith? No. Oh yeah, okay. He does a lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he does. Quite I mean, a lot he of does. Things. He does do a lot of things, but they can target any player. He can help anyone. He can. Mm-hmm. Including yourself. You are correct. (laughs) correct. Well, no, I mean, uh, yeah, Kenrith is less salty. You add all the colors, you add all that uh, super duper extra good abilities onto one Mm -hmm. creature, Mm -hmm. and wouldn't you know, people are fine with that. Um, (laughs) It's a more balanced meal. That's the issue. With with normal Xur, Xur just got too much salt on the plate. It's too much of one thing. Kenrith, you can do any number of things with. I mean, if you get rid of all the salt from a meal, it's just bland. (laughs) <laughs> that's fair you that's fair a little bit all right well i like so, so, that deck so that as we as we transition out josh is there any like any other like notes you had when building the deck anything that you noticed or that you like had a lot of fun with when building well i mean i i enjoyed it because like i said the the vowels and the impetuses they they just sit so near and dear in my heart i've liked them very much uh mm-hmm. hence why i built both this and the kenrith deck that do it because i like it um <laughs> But yeah, a, a big a big part of it that I think that matters is this this is a deck that is very focused on having more than one opponent. And so it was important to have those finishers. I feel like a thing that can get salty is when a deck is really good at locking up the board, but then you just have to wait for them to eventually mm-hmm. win. That is unpleasant. So hence why I ran the Bruna, the, the fumble, the finishers. Because goodness gracious, it's not fun waiting thirty minutes when you can't do anything, and then eventually you lose. Yeah. Because sadly, I you should have just concede. let me keep my planeswalkers. <laughs> well, and you even won them. that game. Anyway, we're moving on to a real life game. Yeah, moving on. Yeah, yeah, next up, next up, Daniel, we have we have you. Uh, what was your commander? What do they do? I would like to preface that Mm. it is not at all required if you want to take something salty and make it unsalty to make it a group hug deck. I don't want you to think that that is the default method to go to when Mm -hmm. you are like, how do I power down this commander that's over otherwise like really, Mm -hmm. really strong. Mm -hmm. I didn't listen to that advice. It is a group hug deck. (laughs) Um, And this card has a salt score. Of a 2.13. This is a pretty mm-hmm. high up one. This is Emrakul, oh. the promised end. If it's oh. one thing people don't like, apparently, um, it's having their turn stolen <laughs> and then all of their things terrible and then having to take a terrible turn after that. 
Now, mm-hmm. that's one way to look at it. But what if you could just guarantee that somebody takes two very good turns? You just want to make sure that the turn you control, you're making sure they're doing everything efficiently, giving them mm-hmm. all the mana that you can, and then they get to take a very good turn after that. And if you play your cards right with Stryonic Resonator to copy the triggered ability when you cast Emrakul, you give them a total of four turns. <laughs> and you really <laughs> get them set up. Um, so this is Emrakul, the promised friend is what I call it. Um, Emrakul just really wants whoever is losing to, to have a chance to get back into the game. We're going to go over the boring stuff first, which is, of course, Emrakul. Uh, Emrakul, the promised end, is a 13-drop colorless commander, a legendary creature, Eldrazi. Uh, Emrakul, the promised end, costs one less to cast for each card type among cards in your graveyard. And when you cast Emrakul, gain control of target opponent during that player's next turn. And after that turn, they take an extra turn. Flying Trample, protection from instance. Forgot about that last three bits. Jeez Louie. All right. And now the other boring stuff. Uh, Ramp. You just got to have it. You got to have the good mana ramp. Just assume that the deck has the best mana rocks that it can find. Emrakul costs 13 and you have very important work to do to help out whoever's getting (laughs) absolutely pooped on. So how do we help Mm -hmm. the person being pooped on? There's a lot of ways. Um, One of my favorite ways in the deck, because we're also running, I won't go into all of them. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'll I'll touch on one because this one's fairly popular. But we also want to be able to untap artifacts, our artifacts, or other people's artifacts. We want to be able to do that. Uh, One of the reasons why we might want to do that is a card called Acorn Catapult. It is four colorless mana, one and tap it. Acorn Catapult deals one damage to target creature or player, and that creature's controller or that player gets a 1-1 green squirrel token. Mm -hmm. So we're giving out squirrels, and if we have a good enough board, we can start uh, using our Clock of Omens, which says tap two untapped artifacts you control to untap target artifact, we can give a whole slew of squirrels. Now, granted, that is at the expense of pinging them a little bit, but if they have no blockers, them being able to chump block a 13-13 with no evasive abilities is better than taking 13 to the face. I will let them make that trade. I won't give them a choice. They're going to be helped. Uh, another fun combination <laughs> I like with this is there is a Soldevi Sentry. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a one drop one one artifact creature I can't see a creature type on it because ah. it's old as hell um, <laughs> pay one and regenerate target opponent may draw a card you combine this with something like acorn catapult it doesn't care about who's trying to currently kill now the soul devi thing does have to actually regenerate for this ability to go off you can't just pay one over and over and over and over it has to oh, actually almost go. die yeah. yeah. but what you can do is if I have acorn catapult I shoot the Salt Devi. I regenerate it. I say, draw a card, bud. And they say, thanks, dude. And I say, well, I got I got six more mana. Let's just do that f- three more times. Draw four mm-hmm. cards. Go ahead. Take your turn. And then guess what? We do the unwinding clock. And then on the next player's turn, I let the player in last draw four more cards. Every turn we do that. With the help of uh, mm. unwinding clock, I will read it. This is another very popular thing in... Um, colorless decks but i'll read it just in case you don't know mm-hmm. four mana artifact untap all artifacts you control during each player's untap step and it works very well with something like mycosynth lattice which is going to turn every permanent into play into artifacts untap all your artifacts help them 
do everything you can to help out your good friend in last place. Now, what's another good way to help our friend in last place? Well, mm -hmm. what if you can't help him draw cards? What about sculpting them the perfect hand with Jester's Mask? <laughs> A five-mana <laughs> artifact comes into play tap. Pay one, sacrifice it to look through target opponent's library and hand, and then you give that player a new hand of as many cards as they had before, and then you reshuffle oh afterwards. God. So if yeah. they have a, if they're like, man, my hand is bad, I got mm -hmm. six cards and they're terrible, you say, buddy, listen, I got you. Let me see that bad hand. And you give them their exact combo they need to go <laughs> off. You say, what's, what's the combo, babe? And they say, oh, well, I need, um, Really, I just need this, and then a little bit of mana, and this, and then I go infinite. And it's like, hey, bud, I got you forever. I'm your promised friend, I swear. <laughs> and then you just give it to them. Now, there are a couple of other ways. They're not quite as fancy that we try to help people out. Of course, we have Genesis Chamber. Whenever a non-token creature enters the battlefield, if it's untapped, that creature's controller makes a 1-1 colorless mirror. We have mm, lots of ways nice. in this deck to tap and untap artifacts. So if it's on a bad player's turn, one of the bad boys, we just tap that thing down. Same thing with Howling Mine. If it's tapped, you don't get to draw an extra card. You right. don't let the bad boys get the extra stuff. Only the good boy gets the extra things. Um, and especially if you have like Blink Moth Urn. And at the beginning of each player's pre-combat main phase, they get a whole bunch of colorless mana for each artifact they control. You have that out, you leave it untapped for them with Mycosynth Lattice. They have so much free mana. They have mm -hmm. so much free mana, and they can do anything they want with it. And that's that's just so good. So that's so, so good. And what so I'm nice. hearing, what I'm hearing is that essentially what you're what you're engineering here is you are Mario Kart 64's rubber banding. <laughs> to where if someone if someone falls behind you're gonna come in and say oh you're you're behind no no not at all no it does not matter how far far behind you are you're up here now you're mm -hmm. with the big boys it do they cannot escape you the race is never <laughs> over until it's over and as long as the race isn't over you can jump up 13 positions in a single minute you can mm -hmm. get there and that's the that's the one thing I like because like a lot of people and I, I think we maybe even talked about this on the show before. A lot of people when building decks will build a will build a group hug deck that's just full of a bunch of generic hug effects. But what that mm -hmm. what that means mm -hmm. is that the person who's already in the lead is just in the lead by more, and the person who is furthest behind can't really catch up because everyone else is getting it. But this one lets you mm -hmm. just turn off and on the exact kind of help that anyone may need on any given turn. I really like that. I really like that that kind of group hug. Uh, take well it's even i like it even more because it's not even group hug it's specifically whoever needs the hug the most hug yeah like you have right it's so methodical the way that you have to do most of the things in this deck that it's impossible mm -hmm. almost to help everyone else. like there are things like temple bell sure mm -hmm. like that that is a thing that will let everyone draw a card but you you know right. you, you save it for their turn let them get the card and so the person before like didn't have the opportunity to take good yeah. advantage of it and then also because we have so many ways of tapping creatures and lands and artifacts like we can hold the other people back too what's the opposite <laughs> of rubber band ai uh, the opposite of rubber band ai i don't know like, complete glue yeah no 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 the complete opposite 
it would be it would be still wool humanity. We'll give it that. <laughs> it's just all right. But this sure. this is one of my favorite things. These these mm-hmm. cards, I love mm-hmm. these cards. I've never seen them. I don't know how effective they would be, but I run one of each of them because they're a cycle and they're the talisman uh-huh. cycle. And they're uh-huh. I think that they're really bad, but in the right situations, you can help somebody get so so ahead. Uh, it's the hematite talisman is the um, one for green, I think. No, that's the one oh, for red. Go. There's one for each one of them, but essentially yeah. what it does is this. It's a two-drop artifact, and you can pay three and untap target permanent. Use this ability only when a spell of whatever the color is is cast, and only one time for when the spell is cast. So if you just have all <laughs> of this open mana, and the person really hurting is a blue deck, and you're just like, look, man, just keep, just cast your blue spells. And then it's just like, all right, I cast my blue spell. I'm like, I'm going to untap your soul ring, dude. I got you. And it's like, all right, this other blue spell. I'm like, I'm going to untap your soul ring, bro. I got you. Cast whatever. What? You cast a blue white spell? Bam, six mana. Untap your soul ring twice and just tap it in response to the other one. I got you. We're going to get you there. We're going to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, we also have, just in case, we have Aeon Engine, um, which can essentially, Ooh. on its own, uh, hmm. give the player in last two turns because if you um all you have to do is just they take their turn uh and then you're like oh okay for anyone who doesn't know aeon engine five drop artifact uh enters tapped but you, we can untap it in a myriad of ways uh you tap it and exile it and you reverse the game's turn order so if the player in last had just hmm. gone and you feel like they need a little bit more time you just get that aeon engine and you say hey bud uh you go again after this guy and then you'll go again and then you know eventually we'll come back around we'll come back around (laughs) and and then we'll get to the guy who's in first place hopefully and we'll have him not do it um this card is very expensive but it is in here um and if it wasn't expensive i would highly suggest you running it it's the candelabra of Thanos. I was wondering where we we're gonna get there. <laughs> oh, yep. Yeah. Okay. okay. This, here we are. For this specific type of hug, this is the best effect for it. This card is like one thousand four hundred dollars. Um, mm. I put it in mostly because it works for the theme, and I was focusing on that more than budget. Um, but it's just you pay X, you untap X lands, and so they tap all the way out, and then you Easy untap peasy. them all like twice. Yeah. It's good. Good. It. It's helpful. It's very it's good. 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 There's there's a, a couple other cute things here, like Gauntlet of Power. You just choose the color that that deck's using the most of and hope that the other <laughs> players aren't also in that color. Yeah. So, like, you know, if they're green-red yeah. and everyone else at the table's green, you just say, you know what, red. I don't even have red. You go ahead and you get yourself double red. It's specifically <laughs> only for you. That's your mana. Um, there's also, like, things like Liquid it. Metal Coating. So if I have stuff that can untap, uh, artifacts and I don't have the other thing, I can just be like, hey, that's an artifact now. We'll untap it, let you do whatever you need to. Um, and it's just a lot of effects like that. We just want to help. We want to help. We want to give you all of the means and the turns to do it. There's also, um, you it's, know, it's if- like mass individual hug is what it is. It's like, I want to hmm. hug 
my sweet baby boy so tight and pay their way to college and then get them a job at my company. (laughs) (laughs) I wish the best for him and he will have it. You cannot stop him. What's that? A DUI charge mayor. You sweep that under the rug, my dude. We're not going to talk about that at Thanksgiving. No, he's pulling up in a Lambo, a broken one. He crashed on the way there. I'll say this. Like, I also really like, cause I mean, the deck is very, very focused on being able to do that. But a thing Mm -hmm. I also appreciate, though much much like josh's zerdek could close out in a game where like in some kind of weird setup where no one at the table is necessarily behind anyone else on any given turn this deck runs Emrakul the promised in you get hit with right. it twice and that's it so like this deck oh, yeah. can also still close out the game very effectively or this is what you do you take control of one player's turn uh and then you put them ahead and then you <laughs> And then, so they're going to mm-hmm. take their extra turn ahead, and then you you use erratic portal, or like decoction module, or something mm-hmm. like that, to yeah. put Emrakul back in your hand. So once you've gotten them ahead, you can then say, "Guys, we gotta stop them." And then cast <laughs> Emrakul next turn, Stryonic Resonator that, and then and then go through. Oh. Um, mm-hmm. This was Very also built a, a while ago, so I think that the only real cards that we would probably add to this deck are just to help with Emrakul's because Emrakul costs less for each card type in your graveyard. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. There was the, what's the other half of Wandering Archaic? No, wait, Wandering Archaic is the front half, isn't it? So that yeah, Wandering Archaic is the front one. Yeah. Dang, so that wouldn't even that? really be good. Um, oh, but that, right. that sorcery is a group hug card if you wanted to run it that could do something. But the main right. new card I have not added to this is... um is uh lithoform engine lithoform engine does the same thing as trionic resonator if you have them both out and then also ways to to untap (laughs) then you can just be like hey bro take eight turns (laughs) i'm gonna control four of them you control the other four and just the visual in my brain of i'm gonna control your turn i'm gonna cast your blue spell come to my seat on my side to use my talisman to untap the soul ring I cast for you and just do that stuff. That mm-hmm. sounds amazing to be taking both of the turns at once because I also have a lot of responses and actions to take on that person's turn. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, it's- I'm taking, I'm taking three turns every time I am because I get to be <laughs> me twice and they can't do anything to make me upset. <laughs> like right. even if they kill me afterwards it's like yeah okay i get it it's <laughs> how it had to be that's how it had to be you pulled up to thanksgiving in your lambo you barreled into the mailbox and came crashing through the living room and killed me on the couch and i couldn't be prouder of my boy they couldn't and have done I, it without I, the you. thing that i'm most i guess really kind of beside myself about is just how much targeted hug there is in mm-hmm. colorless there's like a, there's a pretty decent amount or like mm-hmm. it's kind of implied because mm-hmm. you can tap or untap it like for things like howling mine and stuff so even though it doesn't just say hey target player draws an additional card in the draw step you can just tap it in such a way that that's what happens and that's really cool i wish that they brought that effect back a little bit more mm-hmm uh, yeah, I, I definitely, I definitely agree. No, I, lo- I love this deck. Also, it's just 
this deck straight up runs 56 artifacts. Like, just good yeah. lord. And There's seven a... creatures, including the commander. Including the commander. It actually, like... it actually runs 62 artifacts. artifacts because all of, of the creatures are also artifacts. Uh, yeah, right. Um, but, but yeah, and then, um, oh, what else we got here? Anything else that's, like, really good? Anything else that's pretty cool? Deserted uh, Temple's a fun card I haven't seen before. Just taps for a colorless manor or one and tap to untap target land. Oh, yeah. Just they got on it, anybody's Nyctos. Yeah, just let them, let them do that again. I love that. Yeah, <laughs> these, there's a lot of cards in this deck that in this, uh, what is it? Like three thousand dollar deck or whatever, no <laughs> yeah. two thousand one hundred eighty six. <laughs> oh deck yeah, yeah. That I think are really cool, and um, you know I'd like there's, to see more of these. There's a but, lot. There's a lot in here that is very expensive because it is variously extremely old and will very abusable if you abused it to, not to make the losing player win. Um, this there's some there's a lot of stuff in here that is dangerous in the wrong hands but you've got but, the motherly but touch. you've got a friend in Emrakul, and you just gotta trust him it's the promised friend him. and also that pun is really good so i couldn't yeah, pass up cute. the pun of the promised friend oh, it's absolutely. like look man the friendship's inevitable i got so many arms to hug you with <laughs> i'm gonna use each and every one to untap your stuff you got a friend uh, so then i guess as, as we transition as we transition out of this one, Daniel, was there anything like you experienced kind of during deck building, during deck construction, uh, anything that you took note of or you had like particularly fun with or anything like that? Man, more than anything, more than any deck that I built either as like an exercise or mm-hmm. like just as like a goof. Like I feel like because I've built a lot of group hug decks, I've built a lot mm-hmm. of those in my time. I never knew that the talismans existed and I love them. I love the <laughs> oh, talisman yeah. cycle. It's so specific. It's like, Hey man, did I get out the good one? Specific. I can help you. If I don't have the right one for your colors, I can't do anything for you, but I'm surprised <laughs> I, I don't have just like a group hug deck. That's about like, you know, just like some green thing with seedborn muse. It's just like, look, I'm a, I'm gonna do everything I can for y'all. Whoop, whoop, whoop. It just, I've never seen that card before mm-hmm. dragon mask is one that's kind of weird uh you pay yes, three it tap is. it target creature you control gets plus two plus two until end of turn and return it to its owner's hand um at the, at end, the of end of turn. turn so it's just like a three man away to put emrakul back in my hand whenever i need to just so yep. i can recast it that's a card i've never seen before and the yeah, art just sucks. like just looks like going <laughs> deep having to go deep on the theme you found like a lot of very unique cards it's fine man trying to trying to build decks this way as an exercise y'all should just go to the salt score look at the commanders and then just be like hey how do we build boring clicks voice of hunger in a fun way how do we do it mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so to to close out um mine needs a bit more setup than the rest so <laughs> this one is um now i will say i um might have i both did and did not cheat the spirit of the episode, but it is very personal and subjective, I should say. Um, for those who listen to the show who uh, don't really know us in person, um, the three of us, we kind of, uh, like many playgroups do, I think are trading cards between one another. And during, you know, quarantine, um, whenever, you know, we're still trying to socially distance and be responsible like adults, uh, 
we would we would make deliveries of cards to one another by kind of dropping them in mailboxes. Now, I forget exactly what cards I had asked for, but the cards that I did not ask for from uh, my friend and co-host Josh were mm. six zombie goliaths. Now, zombie goliath <laughs> is four and a black for a 4-3 creature zombie giant who has, removing the encumbrance of useless brain tissue, grants several advantages. A slight increase in mobility, <laughs> a response of revulsion and horror from the enemy, and, in the case of large specimens, room for passengers. Zulashore, Lichlord. That's flavor text. There's no rules text on this card. I <laughs> it's a hate job, four, three. zombie it's a goliath. Job, four, three. It's a five mana, four, three, I hate zombie Goliath very, very, very much. Um, it is the card that it is. Mark Rosewater and a lot of magic designers talk about when answering the question of why do you make bad cards by not saying, oh, that card's good, actually, or it's just situational, but by saying bad cards help teach new players what a good card is. And that bad card for me as a magic player is Zombie Goliath. I've played a lot of cards that that fail the vanilla test in my history. I have played a lot of cards that I played because I thought the art was like kind of neat or that I just kind of marked out for in kind of a Timmy brain sort of way. But Zombie Goliath for me is the first time I ever saw a card, looked at it, looked at the numbers on it, the flavor text, at the art, at all of the card, and I just said to myself, Fuck this. <laughs> Fuck this card. I hate this card. If I had the means, I would obtain every zombie Goliath in print in the world, and I'd light them all aflame, such as my hatred for this card. So the deck I built it for Salt so is a commander, or really a card that has a that has a personal salt score to me of five out of four. And I built Sequar <laughs> Deathkeeper. Sequar Deathkeeper is two, a black, red, and green, which is five CMC, for a four-three orc shaman. Whenever another token, uh, non-token creature is I control is put into a graveyard from play, you make a three-one black and red graveborn creature token with haste into play, which allows me to not only play a mechanically similar zombie goliath in the command zone, but incentivizes me to murder as many of my own zombie goliaths <laughs> as humanly possible, as I can get my hands around their gigantic, inefficient necks. So, the what I've, what I've done here is as many 5-mana 4-3s in Jund as I could justify playing I have put into the list that does include some pretty decent ones, such as Anno on the Ruin Sage, three black black for a four three at the beginning of my upkeep. Each player sacrifices a non-vampire creature. I got no problem murdering a zombie Goliath. I'd love to murder a zombie <laughs> Goliath on my upkeep. I got no problems with that. And if some of my friends have to also lose, hopefully their favorite creature, all the better. Um, I've also got in here. Uh, let me let me find another one. Um, I've also got one that I actually think is pretty good, so that I can uh, get some kind of recursion. I've got Farika's Mender, three a black and a green, five CMC for a four three Gorgon. When Farika's Mender enters the battlefield, I may return target creature or enchantment from my graveyard to my hand, allowing me mm -hmm. to get that zombie Goliath right back into my hand, so it can be murdered in whatever horrible way I can cook up just all over again. 
I've also got, you know, like, hey, we need to still ramp. We need to make sure we're getting our, our spells uncurved. For that, I've got Thermopod, four and a red for a four three, a snow creature slug. I am not running. <laughs> I think it's it's key to say here, I am not running snowlands. I will I not be gaslit by the zombie Goliaths. But it, it, for a snow mana, if you decide to build this card in a deck that's, you know, built in good faith and with a healthy emotional state behind it um you can give it haste to the end of turn or you can do what i do with its second ability sack a creature at a red those zombie goliaths are going to be dead <laughs> at the speed of a mana ability you cannot even <laughs> interact with this i am getting them the f off the field now the difficulty in building a deck around zombie goliaths apart from the fact that they're just so terrible is that you do have to wait until you're at five mana. So what I've done is I've kind of bent the definition a bit. And I basically said to myself, any creature who has a mana cost of X, a power of X minus one and a toughness of X minus two for my money, that qualifies as a zombie Goliath. And you know, <laughs> there's some okay cards you can get here. Like life spring Druid three mana for a two, one elf Druid tap add a mana of any color to my mana pool you may say now true isn't that just a worse birds of paradise yes (laughs) (laughs) i've also got it's just straight up worse it's so much worse i might die i've also got again for the reanimation or for uh you know get making some proactive steps if someone wants to you know maybe save the goliaths on some kind of demented personal crusade i've got reclamation (laughs) sage two and a green for a two one atb destroy target artifact or enchantment i won't bear it get it off the field get it out of my face i'm getting rid of that Uh um And potentially like one of the one of the best one of the best ones I've got here at the different CMCs is the zombie Goliath that I both like the most and can murder the most. And that's Squee the Immortal. Squee the Immortal, three mana for a legendary goblin, <laughs> two one. I can cast Squee from my graveyard or from exile. It's the zombie <laughs> Goliath that keeps on dying. I can kill it. I can bring it right on back. I can murder it again. I can just keep killing these zombie Goliaths and I never run out. I keep having them die. And then Sequar does give me the benefit of each time I, each time I, l- I release a little bit of the toxicity that's in my soul, I get a friendly little three, one graveborn creature token with haste that I get to just run in to all of my friends. And their creatures. <laughs> it's I, as generally kind of the, the general build I've got here. Just things that are zombie goliaths in former function. And I can just murder as much as I need to. To get it all out. Get all of the salt out. I can just get it all out on the field and deal with it. Now, you got a couple things here that mm-hmm. that I kind of want to touch on. Yeah. Um, and I think you talked about it with um, Farika's Mender. But you also have one of my favorite uh, magic cards, especially in the reanimate archetype. You have Endless Whispers. So not only do mm-hmm. you have to deal with Zombie Goliath and kill it, but you can also make somebody else have to have a terrible 5-drop yes. 4-3. Uh, Endless Whispers is 2 in uh, 2 black, so 4 total enchantment. Each creature has, when this creature is put into a graveyard from play, choose target opponent. That player puts this creature card 
from that graveyard into play under his or her control at the end of turn. Mm-hmm. The zombie goliaths, I think to fully translate, because like you may look at me at the other end of the table just endlessly murdering a zombie goliath, a vanilla, <laughs> a vanilla five mana, four, three, and not truly understand why I'm so upset. So mm-hmm. with endless whispers, I can help lure you into the madness that I deal with every single day. Whenever I kill my zombie Goliath at end of turn, I give it to you and you get to just look at it. It's right in front of you (laughs) sitting there being a five mana four, three, and eventually you'll hopefully kill it and pass that whatever mental issue I'm working through onto the next player. And so everyone gets to see where I'm coming from. I like it. I like it. Now I, you actually do have some pretty decent um, looking over here at your, your rushdown section you got some pretty mm-hmm. pretty interesting uh like <laughs> tech in here actually that i really like yeah. was this one yeah so like in this whole section here i'm again it's it's i'm i'm throwing all the zombie goliaths at you as hard as i possibly can so one in this section one of my favorite zombie goliaths is heartless hadetsugu a five mana four three legendary ogre shaman who has an ability to tap and they deal they deal damage to each player equal to half that player's life total rounded down. Now you may say, Drew, that's going to hurt you as well. I'm already hurt. I'm playing zombie goliaths. <laughs> there was no way I was getting out of this unscarred, and no one else should either. So it's going to allow me to, again, uh, the only thing you could say about zombie goliath is it certainly does have four power. And so if I can get those live totals down, I can get a zombie Goliath right up nice and close for you. And again, Harlow Sidetsugu is themselves a zombie Goliath. I also have a couple things here, such as um, I've got impact trimmers and perforos here that both whenever I'm reanimating my zombie Goliaths or after I've killed them and Sequar is giving me the consolation prize of the Graveborn token, I'm able to kind of double dip there as these things continually re-enter to again, Put it right in your face a little bit. (laughs) Um, And then I've got a couple things, because again, a lot of these aren't humans, so I've got things such as Ferocity of the Wilds, just to give my zombie Goliaths any abilities at all, um, and Trample, Mm -hmm. and they get plus one, plus oh, and as do the Graveborn (laughs) tokens that Sequar makes. I, I love that that I love that ferocity of the wilds only buffs power. Like the whole thing is all your stuff has more power than toughness. And then yep. I, that just buffs just their power, not their toughness. Just the power. Uh, right on it's the all that they need to buff. Respect. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> why? Why? Thank you. Um, mm-hmm. And it, also there, I've got breath of fury. One of my favorite auras actually in the game Two red, red enchantment aura i enchant a creature i control likely a zombie goliath so don't worry too much it's not gonna hurt you that bad uh when enchanted creature deals combat damage to a player sacrifice it and attach breath of fury to a creature i control if i do untap all creatures i control and after this phase there's an additional combat phase in an ideal setup i'm able to um sack the zombie goliaths or sack a creature of some sort sequar is going to get me a token i hopefully can instant speed reanimate something or pull something back out of the yard and then i can kind of continually loop through what is effectively either an infinite combat with breath of fury and with like a very particular setup or at the very least i can just hit you with with enough zombie goliaths so that you get the point and so you don't have to go infinite you can just go a lot sometimes and you'll get there (laughs) 
Now I have a, I have a question and, and yeah. this is just like a curiosity question mm-hmm, mm-hmm. is that what, what made you, did you ever at any point think about like Muragonda petroglyphs where just like creatures with no abilities get plus two plus two or that new, um, uh, like Ruxa, the new bear. Like, is it, no. it, did you ever think about any, any effects like that of like, just like, is it possible to make these good or do, is it not worth it because they're so bad and they're only good when they die? I have had in 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 the years that I've been just with every cell in my body hating zombie Goliath as a card. I've had plenty mm-hmm. of people try to tell me, Drew, it's a draft common. It's intended to just be for power. Drew, it's not that bad. Drew, please come home. We're worried about you. You've I have been talking about zombie Goliath for days. <laughs> I know that for a fact I have told you, Drew, that's actually got a relevant creature type. Like zombies, <laughs> zombies are like <laughs> They're really played and they get a lot of synergy. So like this card is at least better than like other like crappy vanillas, right? It's a good card. It's a well, come on, right? Is is what those what those people are what those people think they're trying to do is help me, but what they're really actually doing is they're letting the source of all of my pain roam free unfettered. If I were to run a card like Murraganda Petroglyph, something that improves the zombie Goliath, all that's going to do is it's going to dull the blade with which I want to kill it. So I'm not here <laughs> to make myself feel good about running these zombie Goliaths. I run cards here that are just bad for their rate so that I never forget the hatred. This is a deck that was born out of spite and is fueled by it and produces it for the whole table. And at no point does it try to do anything other than that. I, I like that you're running a uh, tortured existence because one <laughs> yes yes i do experience a tortured existence what with all these zombie goliaths and two sometimes you know i might be off doing an aristocrat or an aggro build things that i have genuine good times with and a lot of fun and i might forget why i'm here and so for one black i can uh play this enchantment tortured existence and then it has the ability for one black discard a creature card and return a creature card from our graveyard back to my hand i can put zombie goliath right back in the hand take a look at it and now i'm back in the headspace i need to be in to truly pilot this deck you could um you could like discard eternal witness <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah so the tortured existence mm-hmm. the, just to really go that's what it's like that's it. this is what it's mm-hmm. about this is what it's all about this is why we're here right now and i can i can honestly say that this <laughs> i bet you that if i was to go to edh rec and look at sequar i can't imagine that it like has a salt score at all <laughs> so i like that no. i like how opposite it is because this is a commander and a deck that would never make your opponents upset no it would never no. ever make your opponents upset no but you the whole time me the whole time i'm mad and no i mean like there are some things here right like i do have um where is the card i do have oh no uh, mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> the I do have Grave Pact in here. So while I'm ah. hurting all my zombie Goliaths, which is a good thing that I should be encouraged to continue to do, I am going to take some of yours down with me. And I'm not going to feel necessarily bad about it because I'm getting what I need. I well, do also I, have 
dictative Erebos in here as well. I guess the thing is, is that if you get out, because I've played against decks that have the Grave Pack strategy, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. normally they'll throw out a lot of tokens. But if you have a Grave Pack out and Sequar, and then you for five mana put out Zombie Goliath, and then pay a sixth <laughs> mana to like Village Rites or something, and now we have to sacrifice a creature? Like, you're not pumping yeah. out tokens necessarily. No. Like, Sequar can make a per five mana for three mm -hmm. <laughs> which is which is like i guess there no no i guess not no there isn't uh -huh. i was gonna pretend but there's not i i can't find it a, a impactful enough loop here i think you can oh, get yeah. a little value like rape pack perforos like maybe you could yeah. deal like four damage to each opponent each opponent sacrifices two creatures <laughs> but comparatively especially against like any other jun deck that is yeah that's little piss baby steps <laughs> yep <laughs> little baby walk uh-huh yeah so. and i mean like that and that's the thing like it's i know i do have again like i do have um like sure you know the 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 dictate and the grave pack that's really just i mean honestly that's actually in here just to try to have a game happen at all but i am also <laughs> running things like uh, like daniel mentioned the um oh god i've forgotten the 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 whisper endless whispers endless whispers where mm -hmm. is that yeah endless whispers yeah where it's it endless whispers is a card that is very good but it is a card that is frustrating for a table to deal with because it's a complicated card to always have to be thinking about i also have a card in here necrotic plague two and two black for an aura enchanted creature has at the beginning of your upkeep sacrifice this creature and when enchanted creature is put into a graveyard its controller chooses another creature one of their opponents control return necrotic plague from its owner's graveyard to the battlefield on that creature so again something's always dying and so there's a little bit here again not a lot because i don't want to take my hatred focus away from zombie goliath but there's a little bit here that is a little frustrating to have to continually think about deal with etc but i think that i think that that's good because mm -hmm. otherwise if you were to play this deck at a table and you didn't explain it to anybody they would think okay this like if you didn't have those options they'd think this is a bad deck that he brought because he doesn't know how to build a deck this one mm -hmm. you can at least mm -hmm. give people the impression that like you're so close to breaking through and being a real commander player <laughs> 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 or the it's gonna really here... throw people off of just like whoa grave pact and the mm -hmm. plague and what is that a phrexian altar hmm that's pretty big and then it's just like and zombie goliath mm. and they see all the text yeah the zombie goliath's just there and it's like what exactly is going on sir conrad hits the field and they think they know what's happening but i'm i'm in a hell that i can barely translate to any man it's and really, so you just kind of have to be audited to it. for your opponents plays a lot like your inner turmoil which is that it's yes. not really a lot <laughs> right it's just, it's a kind of nagging pain and if you just play this how long mm -hmm. has it been since you first realized your hatred of zombie goliath um i'm gonna say the first what was the first printing of this card i saw i believe it was m12 <laughs> um i believe m12 if i have if i'm going based on just like my my current uh, yeah, memory my short-term yeah. memory and it's current it's first printing actually it might have been m10 i was playing at m10 but the one that jumps out at me is m12 yeah so, so m12 i think was the first if one that you I were to just play this deck every time you played commander 
for as long as it has been since this came out originally, people mm-hmm. would get that same feeling that you do. But about <laughs> yeah. your deck, you would have the Sequar commander become everybody zombie Goliath. And isn't that why God made us? Yeah. Isn't that why we're here? Ain't that why we were grabbed from the dust of the ribs or something? And I, I think, I think <laughs> to kind of to kind of end things off, uh, like there's a um, th- there's a flavor text on the original printing of Zombie Goliath that I want to kind of regale you all with here. Um, on its M10 printing, it says Furax of Blood Ridge has sent a war giant at us. What do I have to spell it out for you? Kill the giant, scoop out its skull, and drive it back to Blood Ridge. Honestly. What kind of necromancer minions are you? And that kind of contempt is really the flavor that I'm trying to bring with this deck. That kind of just unadulterated bemusement and hatred for something so stupid with such an obvious solution is really what I'm trying to bring to the table. This, I like this is it. a hangnail and so, deck. Um, it's a- <laughs> oh, God. Okay. Well, you... Out there in the in the world, uh, building your own chew lane value engines, why don't y'all <laughs> uh, let us know in the comments or wherever you can send us messages, our various mm-hmm. socials. Let us know, like, what you think about the idea of purposefully making a powerful commander kind of dumb. Or... <laughs> building i also would like to hear like what is a card you hate and how would you build around a card that you hate <laughs> i feel like for a lot of people it would be like oh i hate cyclonic rift but think deeper than that think about a yeah. card it's not that it makes you mad like because of how it's been played against you i promise you that the way that drew is mad at zombie goliath is not because somebody pub stomped him when <laughs> he, he was, was playing m12 Christ. standard it zombie goliath is offensive to my sensibilities as a magic player in its existence alone no one i i will tell you this i have never seen anyone cast a zombie goliath at a table i've played at never not <laughs> once in my life i've been not playing yet. since Oh, yeah, and it'll be me, and it should be me. I <laughs> should be the first one I see Somebody has to. Uh, you, Josh gave you so many. You you really yeah, got to. Um, you can build several so, zombie yeah, let us know decks. what are some... <laughs> Yuck. <laughs> <laughs> so let us know, like, what is a... Do you have a deck with a, with a, quote, salty commander that you've kind of built in a way that you find interesting or that your playgroup, like, really enjoys that people were probably not expecting what mm-hmm. is a card that you hate in the same way that drew hates a five drop four three vanilla so don't <laughs> bring me like sylvan library they get too much value you're thinking wrong right take it back a couple of steps this, this isn't jealousy right when someone resolves a cyclonic rift against me i'm jealous because i wish that i had resolved cyclonic rift when i see mm-hmm. zombie goliath i'm furious that it ever entered the same reality them in so that's the kind of hate we're talking about so let us know what kind of card you hate in that very specific way and how you would build a deck around it um and i believe that that's our episode i hope you guys had a good time i know josh had a terrible time sorry bud (laughs) Um, i hate thinking about commanders yeah and (laughs) as we always say here at uh, demonstrate the loop i have demonstrated the loop and i will now move to the instep and concede. Dang, just when the trigger for bringing back the zombie Goliath was on the stack. Oh, Son of a 